Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism. And on Teach Me Biology, I'm teaching my co-host and little sister, Sarah Matthews. Biology A-level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. Well done! (laughs) Well done! (laughs) Only took you 14 episodes. I'm never going to do that. I practised it it in the shower. (laughs) Very proud. Okay, episode 14, mm-hmm. active transport. So it is our third of the transport processes. Mm-hmm. So we've done simple diffusion and facilitated diffusion. Last week we did osmosis and this week we're doing active transport. So straight away, mm-hmm. do you know what it is or anything about it? I remember when we really discussed it, you said it's about pushing the rest of the stuff into the cell when it won't fit. Not not when it won't fit. You were like, if there's like loads and loads of something already in a cell, yeah. the active transport will put the rest in. Yeah. So basically it is from a low concentration to a high concentration mm-hmm. against a concentration gradient. So yeah. But the thing is, like you wouldn't have done active transport for your GCSE because at the time it was only in triple. So it was only in pe- for people that were doing... a double. Yeah. So okay. you did double award. This particular topic area, active transport, is actually just in the double award for those that just do... Um, now it is yeah oh okay for those that just do the two yeah so shall we start with the definition like we've done last Mm -hmm. few weeks yeah Mm -hmm. so the the movement of molecules or ions into or out of a cell from a region of lower concentration to a region of higher concentration using atp and carrier proteins so let's break that down okay so again movement of particles that's what transport it's all about transport, isn't it, these these episodes? But this time we're going against a concentration gradient. So we're going from low, so where there is less, to where there is high, which isn't natural for particles to do. Yeah. So it's like up the hill, so it's not a natural movement for those yeah. particles. Yeah. That's why we have to use energy, like ATP molecules that come from respiration. So it is not passive, not a passive process at Not all. passive. But apart from those things... So it not being passive and the fact that it's against the concentration gradient, it's very similar to facilitated diffusion. Do you remember the details of facilitated diffusion? You mean like the bilayer? Because it doesn't. It's not just the bilayer, is it? Facilitated. The other one. You have to use the spam. The spam, yes. The um. <laughs> so they're they're transport proteins. Do you remember? Yeah. Channel proteins. Channel proteins. And carrier proteins. Yes. In active transport, we just use the carrier proteins. So do you remember what happens for them to get through the carrier protein? Don't they have to connect? Yep. So they have to bind? Yep. Yep. And then they move through the... Yeah. So the the protein, if you remember, the protein has to change shape to allow it through to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. It's very similar to that. Yeah. So the process is... That the molecule or the ion has to bind or attach to a receptor on the yes. carrier protein. Okay, remember it has to be specific, specific carrier protein for a specific ion. So it would be yeah. a sodium one or a potassium one or whatever. And they can't it has go to on be. another one. It has yeah. to be a specific. Can't one. go on another one. But in this process, 
ATP inside the cell, which is the energy molecule, is going to bind to the carrier protein on the inside. ATP specifically, we will do a whole lesson, a whole episode on oh, ATP. Here we go. I know, but we will. And we probably should have already done it, actually, to be honest. But it just the way we're doing things, it just hasn't worked okay. out that way. But ATP is uh, adenosine triphosphate. Oh, I thought it stood for, like, active transport protein or something. <laughs> so it's, um, it's an adenine. You won't know what that is. Mm-hmm. But it's an adenine molecule. You won't know what that is yet. With three phosphates. Okay. And what happens with ATP is the third phosphate breaks off and all the energy is very unstable you see and it just easily breaks off all chemical energy in the bond that it's broken is released and that is the energy that is used now we'll talk about this again we'll do an atp episode but that is where all that energy is the atp turns into a dp so adenosine diphosphate two because it's one of its dropped off and a phosphate and in doing that changes the shape of the protein so that the molecule can move through. When that single phosphate then releases from the protein, the protein can go back to its original shape and allow other molecules to bind and go through again. So uh-huh. thing happens yeah. again. And that phosphate will eventually find its way back to form ATP again in respiration. So they get bound on the outside of the cell. To their own specific carrier protein. Yeah. And then go into the cell. And they're trying to get through the carrier protein to the inside of the cell but the only way they can do that is if the carrier protein changes shape to allow it through right and, and how, only, what's that got and to the do with the only way that it will change shape to allow that molecule through is if atp gives it the energy to do that so this is our cell diagram cell membrane diagram that we used for our cell membrane episode mm-hmm. okay so this is the outside of the cell and this is the inside of the cell so there's something outside the cell the molecule wants to come in yeah it has to bind to the outside like one of these receptors has to bind to there inside the cell all these mitochondria are making energy in the form of atp mm-hmm. the atp has to bind to this carrier protein okay. inside of the cell the third phosphate breaks off releases energy that allows this carrier protein to change shape so that the molecule here could move in to so the So that changes the shape for that to get in. Okay, I'll get it So now. the energy changes the shape of the carrier protein so that the molecule that's attached on the outside trying to move into the cell can. The phosphate breaking off releases energy because the phosphate was bound in a chemical bond to the second phosphate. So once it breaks off, a lot of energy is released. And that energy is what's used to change the shape of the carrier protein okay and then once it's all done so the phosphate will be released from this so what and then, what and then it'll go get. back to its normal it's shape. actually the channel it's actually the spam which is changing shape that yes. i don't understand okay well i was saying carrier protein well i thought that was called channel there are channel proteins and there are carrier proteins there's two separate ones atp is only concerned with carrier proteins because they allow the ions through the charged particles. So in terms of like context for that, next week we're going to do a whole episode on how glucose is moved via active transport. It takes what we call co-transport. It pulls together all the different transports nicely into one sort of context of getting glucose into the 
blood. But I kind of talked a little bit about it last week, didn't I, where I said you need to make sure you absorb all of the glucose that you digest. So, Or I shall die. Yeah. So when you have a lower concentration of glucose in your gut or inside your small intestine than you do in your blood, remember blood glucose is always kept quite constant, it's going to at some point be lower, but you still need to get that glucose into your blood. That's when active transport has to kick in. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 really important that, that we go over that really next week and we talk about how it's co-transported, not just actively transported. There's also an example that people would have learnt at GCSE probably quite a few years ago now that it was actually included in the spec, and I think it is included a little bit now, how plants take in nutrients. It has to be done via active transport. And the reason being, in the roots, nutrients like uh, nutrient ions, like, say, nitrates, they're always kept quite high in the roots themselves. And the reason for that is because it keeps the water potential low so that water will constantly move into the root because it will be higher in the soil. Do you remember last week we talked about osmosis yeah. and water moving from a high water potential to a low water mm-hmm. potential? In the root, if you keep the concentration of ions quite high, it means that it's not very dilute, so uh, it's a lower water potential. And the reason for that is so that a plant will constantly take on water, so the water will be taken out of the soil into the root and yeah. then pulled straight up into the stem and up so it's it ensures a constant constant pull of water out of the soil if, it, if it's available so that will make it very difficult for a plant to take on nutrients because the nutrients are already quite high in the roots so the concentration will be lower in the soil it'll be difficult for a plant to take on what it needs in terms of nutrients out of the soil so they have to be actively transported into the root from low to high mm-hmm. so that's another sort of important sort of context for active transport in an organism and that's all the new content. Not that much new content. Well, no, not at all, but it's good because it's actually quite confusing. Yeah. Wasn't it? it yeah. Like, you found that harder than you had found other things. Yeah. So, last reminder about the wider reading for October, because this is the last week of October now. A reminder to have a little read of The Body by Bill Bryson and to incorporate New Scientist Weekly podcast into your weekly listenings of podcasts. But that is our wider reading. And next week which is November, so we'll have brand new New wider reading reading. recommendations. Right, should we look at some questions? Uh Yeah. So questions about ATP, or active transport, sorry, are um, not that there isn't very many. They pretty much always be part of a longer question that involves graphs, because they love to use active transport as like a way of seeing if cells are respiring by and producing ATP. So they talk about, you know, giving cells respiratory inhibit inhibitors, so stopping the respiration, which then they then track what's taken into the cell and it's a way of showing that active transport stopped and respiration stopped. Does that sort of make sense? It's usually graph and data and stuff like that. But I have found three questions that you should be able to answer. Right, question one is only one mark. Give one similarity in the way in which active transport and facilitated diffusion transport substances across the membrane. They both use, what was it called? I can't even remember. Carrier. Carrier proteins. Yeah, (laughs) they both use carrier proteins. That's right. That is one mark. They both use carrier proteins. Right. Question two is two marks. Okay. The opposite of that, contrast the process of facilitated diffusion and active transport. Now, let me just give you a bit of advice. Because it says contrast... You have to say both sides. So you have to okay. say active transport involves yeah, okay. this, so, whereas 
active transport uses carrier proteins. Yep. And facilitated diffusion uses channel proteins and I've already forgotten it again. Carrier. Carrier proteins. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, that's one mark. Good. That's one. Uh, uh, and... <laughs> So active transport is the only transport process that has to use what? Energy. Energy. And facilitated diffusion doesn't use doesn't energy. Doesn't use energy, yeah? Yes. So, um, okay, that was all right. Yeah, so facilitated diffusion doesn't use ATP yeah. or is passive, whereas yeah. a, uh, active transport does use ATP. And what's the last possible way you could get your two marks? You've got uh, your two marks, but... Don't know. Facilitated diffusion is... Down the gradient. Down the concentration and gradient. Active transport, transport is up, up the gradient. Against the gradient. Okay, yeah. all right. So low to high. Uh-huh. Whereas facilitated is high to low. Okay. So that would be your, your, your oh, other way right. of getting yeah. the mark. Yeah, okay. So three possible answers yeah. to get two marks. Right, here's one that is a five marker and is uh, quite a good... You can get a lot of marks in this. Oh, God. But you've got to... Think about everything we've done in transport, okay? Okay. So, some substances can cross the uh, cell surface membrane of a cell by simple diffusion through the phospholipid bilayer. Describe other ways by which substances cross this membrane. Now, you cannot get a mark for naming the process. You have to name the process and then talk about the process to get the mark. Okay, so simple diffusion. Just describe other ways by which substances cross this membrane. Facilitated diffusion. So, facilitated diffusion. Tell me about that to get some marks. It uses carrier proteins and channel proteins. One mark. It's passive. Mm, Can you say that? I don't think so. Down, Down gradient. the concentration gradient. Yeah. Leave and, it at that. Move on. Got two marks. Tr- active transport. Active transport. That is up the gradient. So, against and that the gradient. uses... Carrier proteins. Uses carrier proteins. And that uses energy. It's and not passive. Uses energy. It's not passive. Five marks. You could also have talked about osmosis. So you could oh, have yeah. said uh, water moving from a high water potential to a low water potential or down a water potential gradient through the phospholipid bilayer. Because uh-huh. that's how water gets through. It has to go. It goes through the bilayer because it's the, so small. Because it's so small. Well done. And you could. You have also talked about. Vesicles, which are your favourite thing ever. Vesicles, like the car. The fusion of the vesicles to allow things out uh-huh. um, is also a transport mechanism. Okay. Exocytosis. Yeah, that's going out instead of going in. Yeah. You would have got five marks there. The vesicles like an Uber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so round up. Yep. Go on. We Active transport is the movement of some molecules or ions against a concentration gradient through carrier proteins using ATP. Specific molecules or ions bind to specific receptors on a specific carrier protein, and an ATP molecule binds from the inside. Hydrolysis of the ATP molecule releases a phosphate molecule and allows the carrier protein to change shape to allow the molecule or ion through to the other side. When the phosphate releases from the carrier protein, it will go back to its original shape to be used again. Okay? Takeaways? Takeaways. Active transport uses carrier bags. <laughs> proteins. Yeah. And <laughs> it is up the gradient. 
up and it uses energy and it's not passive well done if you wanted to contact us you can go to teachmescience.co.uk you can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com you can tweet at us at teachmebiocast and we also have instagram at teachmebiologycast yeah we've always said if you've got any really great revision that you've produced in terms of posters or models or anything at all and it's come as a result of listening to the podcast then send us a picture of it and we'll put it on our Instagram and show people how it's done. If you've got any great advice we could share on the podcast, if you've got any good wider reading recommendations, stuff that you've read or uh, particular videos, YouTube channels, anything at all you want to share that we haven't shared, anything at all, let us know. Kryptonians, right? What are Kryptonians? Kryptonians from Krypton. Superman. Superman. Right. Yeah. He absorbs energy from the yellow sun. So that means he has chloroplasts in his cells. <gasps> How fun is that? He's basically like a plant. Of course he is. <laughs> is that all a kryptonite screen? There's all sorts of forms of There's loads oh. of different... Kryptonite in What's the green kryptonite? That's the poison one. Oh, so that's bad. But how cool is that? That he is he must have his chloroplasts. What does he do? Just like hang out by the sun and just like yeah, be they like absorb mm. the sun. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. There, um, there isn't no bow this week. Why not? Because it's half term. You've got like after school revision. It's like after school revision. They don't have you don't have a bow. No, you don't have a bow. Usually they have pizza, and I haven't seen her nor hide of any pizza. You said you'd already eaten. That's true. <laughs> you could have had cheese on toast. That's basically pizza. I know. Okay. So instead of a bow, I'm gonna have. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. Uh, this has been Teach Me Biology. My name is Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you next time. Bye. 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 bye, bye. bye.